Uh, apparently, last Sunday, there was part of my message that wasn't clear, and I don't want to leave you in the dark. Uh, you know, I want, to be, I want to be clear. It was the part where I was trying to cough the word Starbucks and drop a bet. Yeah, and some of you, you didn't know what. I was like, Starbucks, like this, and you didn't know what. But I just want to clear that up. Are we clear on that? All right, all right, we're clear. Good. Uh, we titled our Christmas series this year, The One, uh, partly as a play on words because we're going back to one service a few weeks ago but mostly to help us focus on the one idea that Christmas is all about, Jesus. In the first week, we talked about the power of Jesus. We said he's the light of the world. In the second week, we talked about the presence of Jesus. He's Emmanuel. He's he's God with us. That was last week. And you have to have both. You have to have times in your life when you've experienced the power of God like nothing before. And, uh, and then you also have, you have to be living in the presence of God on a daily basis. I mean, on a, on a minute-by-minute awareness of living in the presence of God. You need both of those things. And today we're going to look at the promise of God. Jesus isn't just a, a power force or a presence felt He's a promise fulfilled. And it's Luke chapter 1, and uh, this, this is going to be familiar to most of you. Uh, this is the, the, the Christmas story, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Here we go. We'll put it up on the, uh, on the screens for you. Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, who we referenced back in verse 26, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but now she's, she's now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. When Luke wrote this, there were still eyewitnesses alive when he wrote this. If it didn't happen the way that Luke said it happened, people, people never would have believed in Christianity. They just would have said the whole thing's a joke. We were there. That's not the way it happened at all. Luke's a liar, blah, 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 blah. But when he wrote this, there were still eyewitnesses alive. And Luke tells us that in the very opening words of his letter, there are people who knew Mary, they knew Joseph, they knew Jesus and the whole family. So Luke's not writing to convince that audience. They already, they already know. They saw the life of Jesus unfold in real time. They were there, or or if they weren't there, they could talk to someone who was there. Luke writes to remind people why they believe 
what they believe. He writes to, to preserve the record so that we would, we would still have the record today. He also writes for future generations to be able to, to read the account with new eyes. For people like us on a Sunday morning, uh, uh, 2014, for people like us to, to read it and to see it with, with new eyes, for it just to, to come alive in our hearts and lives the same way that, that Jesus knew, the same Jesus, to see the same Jesus that they knew, that they loved, that they followed. One of the ways, one of the reasons we know the reliability of Scripture is that authors like Luke, uh, they, they didn't write what they thought everyone would find, you know, that would be just easy to believe. That's not the way that, that they wrote. They left the, the unbelievable, incredible, remarkable stuff in there when they wrote it. And you just think, are you kidding me? Like, like, come on, like, how in the world, what? Like, that's the stuff that they didn't take out of the Bible to try to make it more believable. They left the incredible, remarkable, unbelievable things in. Even if, even if those, those, those things wouldn't be immediately accepted by everyone, they still, that's, they wrote what they wrote. Um, they weren't writing with, with hopes of being famous they weren't writing so that they could get, you know, worldwide acclaim or anything like that. They weren't trying to get a movie deal. They simply captured God's story and, and gave it to us as remarkable as it was. You see, if, if you were writing the story, if you were creating the story around the God of the universe sending his son into a messed up world, if you were writing that story, you, we, we probably would, would write something like, the Avengers and the Transformers conquer Lord of the Rings. Like, we would write something that would just, you know, be so, so utterly, you know, spectacular. You wouldn't, you wouldn't base your entire case on the testimony of a young girl. She's probably around 14 years old. You wouldn't base your case on the testimony of a young girl who claims to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God. You wouldn't bring God's son into the world through an unknown teenager in a borrowed animal stall. And you probably wouldn't have this, this young girl, the central figure that your testimony rests on, you probably wouldn't have her wrestling with, with, with the whole thing, struggling with, with, with how, how can this happen? Uh, if we were writing the story, we would erase all those doubts. You wouldn't want anyone to know that there were any doubts. You wouldn't want anyone to see that there was any, any wrestling or, or struggling with this. When you were writing it, you would, have, you would have written her right from the very beginning to, to be some giant tower of, of faith, of strength, of, of reputation, and of, and of courage. Now, Mary does, in the end, she turns out to be all those things. But on the front end, when the angel comes for her, she's, she's like, what are you talking about? Like, how can this be? And she wrestles and she struggles. And so Luke just gives us the x-rays on this. He just says, this is exactly what it looked like. This is, this is, this is how Mary had to come to terms with all of this stuff. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't make it sound, you know, bigger or better or anything like that. He just, he doesn't hold anything back. He just gives us the story as it happened. In essence, what Luke is saying is that Mary really humanly wrestled and struggled with all of this. And 
what's true is that we all have to wrestle with, 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 with this. We all wrestle with faith. I mean, we all have to come to grips with, well, what do we really believe? And we, and we struggle with it. And there's a tension there. And you're like, ah, it just seems, it just seems, uh, it just seems unbelievable. It seems incredible. It seems remarkable. And we, and we wrestle with it. And, and I want to say this morning, that's okay. Were you expecting that in church on a Sunday morning? That's okay. It's okay for you to wrestle. And, 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 and in fact, if you're here this morning and, and, you're, and you're putting fingerprints into your armrest right now, your, your nails are literally like, you know, and, 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 and you're just, you're struggling with all of this and you're wrestling and you're, you're, you're thinking, we're, we're glad you're here. You're the reason why we do what we do. We're really glad that you are here. And, and it's okay to wrestle with it. It's astounding it's breathtaking, it's wild, it's crazy, it's mind-blowing, it's all that. And in the end, Luke and millions upon millions and millions of others have come to the conclusion that a story like this does not prove that there is no God. It proves that there must be a God. The things that we can't understand actually help us understand. Do you understand? Okay, I'm going to work on that for a few minutes. I'll help you with that. It's not because we understand everything. That's not why we understand. (laughs) I'll I'll help you with that, I hope. As we've said, the reason why these stories were preserved and protected, the reason why the church survived the first century and is still going strong today, is because these were eyewitness accounts of real people who experienced the birth of, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And they said, it's true. It's, it's as it is written. It is true. Luke records four distinct, um, uh, I, do, I don't know if they're emotions or maybe responses might be a better word, of Mary. Four reactions of Mary. Luke records four of them. And if you're here this morning and you are still wrestling, grappling, um, listening, but you've not yet uh, crossed that line of faith where you believe in Jesus, if that's you this morning, um, you might be experiencing uh, one of these four things. Uh, you, might, you might be four for four. You might be experiencing all of them. So we're going to put them up on the screen here and uh, have a look at them. The first one is in verse 29, um, where Luke says Mary, uh, her first response to the angel was that she was confused. Um, kind of makes you wonder what the look on her face might have been <laughs> in that moment. Just like, like, wow, really? Seriously? The, she goes from being confused in verse 29, the same verse, to disturbed. Um, unsettled a little bit. Um, maybe not responding to this really, really well at, at that moment. Um, actually disturbed. And, and that's a very natural response. Um, you might still be half upset that somebody got you out to church this morning, <laughs> right? You might be just a little disturbed with the whole deal. Um, that's okay. You'll survive. Verse 30, uh, she's afraid. And in verse 34, Mary Ashley says, how? How in the world can this happen? She's, she's, she's struggling to believe the unbelievable. And so the, those are the four uh, reactions or responses or emotions or 
churns that, that Mary is dealing with, that, that, dealing with. Now, think about this. Think about this, gang. You need, to, you need to let this hit your bones this morning, okay? Put this on simmer and let it slow cook for a few minutes. The one person in the universe that God chooses, Mary, the one person in the universe that he chooses to carry and deliver his son into our messed up planet, the one person that God chooses wrestles. She struggles to believe and accept what God is doing. Well, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we wrestle and struggle with it? So your processing and your thinking and your working through how far you can go with this Jesus stuff, that's okay. Very normal for you to be wrestling with all of that. It's okay. That's part of the process. But you're not meant to, to just stay there in that struggle forever. You know, you can't, you can't just, you know, never come to a conclusion about, about, about who Jesus is. Because you can work through some of these things. And you can, you can actually come closer to Jesus and closer to, and closer and closer and, and come to a point where you say, you know what? I'm ready to accept this. I, ca- I can believe this. And, and you, I, the term I use is crossing the line of faith. It's, it's just that, you know, I didn't believe, but I do now. It's, it's that point. You can work through it and you can come to a point where you do believe. You will never have all your questions answered. Is there anybody in the room this morning that has all of their questions answered? There it is. You will never have all of your questions answered. We all have questions. I have questions. The angel didn't give Mary all the details. The angel didn't give her everything. But he did. He gave her what she needed. Uh, uh, that, that one got traction. I could, just, I could feel that one. It's like, okay. He, he gave her what she needed. And you can come to a point where you have enough. Enough faith to believe that nothing is impossible with God. You don't need all the answers or all the evidence. You just need to have enough faith in God who makes the impossible possible. Okay, let's go back to that slide. With, there it is. Mary's four responses. Um, there are at least four things that, that God does in this text to resolve each one of these Four things, okay? Mary has her four. <laughs> I have five up. <laughs> okay. Tuck my thumb in. Mary had her their four things. And, and and there are four responses from God that seem to resolve each of these four things. And um, I don't know if that's coincidence or providence that, that there's four for four. Um, but it but it's just there, and so we're gonna we're gonna unpack that. This morning, between her questions and confusion in verse 30, where she's saying, how can this happen? To her affirmation of faith that we saw in verse 38, where Mary says, I'm in, I'm all in, I'm the Lord's servant. Uh, right? So somewhere between confusion and fear and, and being disturbed, and afraid, somewhere between there and at the end of the text, Mary saying, here am I, you know, may it be as you have said. There's, there's something that happens there that... that that kind of resolves her issues. Four things that help her cross the line of faith. The first one is in verse 35. It's the first 
first part of verse 35, where the angel says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. We talked about this last Sunday. One of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And could it be that the very reason that you are here this morning, sitting in a chair, uh, Christmas Sunday morning, 2014, could it be that one of the reasons you are here or, one of the, or the reason that God put someone in your life who invited you to church or the reason why you have had spiritual questions or the reason why you might be sensing some kind of, some kind of spiritual traction happening in your life that you can't even find words for, you can't even, even explain it. Could it be that the reason why you're, you're, you're experiencing that right now is because God is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is is actually coming upon you and, and, and moving you and stirring you and talking to you. Could it be? Mary wasn't freaked out by this. She, there was something comforting in those words, knowing that she wouldn't have to do this, this spiritual journey um, alone, that the Holy Spirit would be with her, that God was, was making a promise to her. He would be beside her, that, that God would, would fill her. He would, he would permeate her premises with his presence, the Holy Spirit. Let me try to explain this a different way, because you, you have to get this this morning. Um, this is all the presents you need for Christmas. I know you're, you're counting on a few other things. This is all the presents, E-N-C-E, that you need for Christmas. You take all the ways that God was speaking to Mary, speaking to her, putting the right people in her path, showing her who he was, stirring in her, bless you, That's the presence of God. That's the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, working in her life before she says yes. She hasn't said yes yet. We're not there yet. She's still confused. And and yet the Spirit of God is working in her life before she says yes. Then the second part of the promise is that if she crosses that line of faith, if she accepts Jesus into her life, that God will fill her life with his holy presence. She's confused by what Gabriel is telling her. Gabe knows this. God knows this. It's okay to wrestle with spiritual things. The answer to her anxiousness is the promise of the presence of God. That's, that's important. The answer to her anxiousness is just the promise of the presence of God. It's one of the things she needed to hear. You don't have to do this on your own. God will be with you. You don't have to face life on your own. You're not going to be left behind or forgotten. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you accept him into your life, the Holy Spirit will come upon you this morning. Okay, the second part of verse 35, the second thing that we see is is Gabriel says, and the power of the Most High, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. This was the first week of this series that we did called The One. We talked about the power of God, all the power of heaven, all the power of creation. All of it is packed into this little baby Jesus. And this word of comfort and promise from Gabriel, it is aimed directly at Mary's fear. If you're dealing with fear this morning, I need you to to, to just dial in on this with me for, for just a moment. Don't be afraid of your fear. Fear is afraid of this verse right here. Fear is afraid 
of, of things like this. Tell your fear to get ready to flee because this is awesome. And, and Gabriel, when he says the power of the Most High will be upon you, he, he, he's using a ton of visual imagery here to, to help Mary. Mary would have been very familiar with all of the Old Testament's greatest hits. She knew the story of her, of her people um, and all the times that they reached out to God of their distress and God would fulfill his promises. The times when the power of God was on her ancestors, Abraham and Moses and Joshua and David. Mary knew all of those stories. And Gabriel was telling her, Mary, listen to me, Mary, the same power that defeated the enemies of your people that stayed over the people, leading them through their darkest nights, leading them into the promised land. He's the same God. And Mary, he's just as powerful. And Mary, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow your life. God is going to go before you. And God is going to be around you and behind you and with you. God is going to protect you. God is going to fight for you. You are not alone. You don't need to be afraid. No weapon formed against you you shall prosper. It's a good word. And so you can just picture this young girl scared to death. This angel standing there telling her and like, and he says, Mary, 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 Mary. You know, the power of the most high, all those stories you heard about as a girl, that same power is going to be with you in church this morning. If you make a decision to accept Jesus into your life, like Mary did, the power of the Most High. He's just as powerful. And He will be with you. Um, this is coffee. Uh, it's not Starbucks. No, it's not. Uh, but thanks for asking. Somebody did it. Somebody said Starbucks. And I said, no, it's not. Um, she didn't know at the time that Herod would, would, would go on a rampage and kill every boy in Bethlehem trying to snuff out the life of Jesus Christ. Mary didn't know that. She didn't know at the time that her family would have to flee to Egypt and, and, and be an ex, just hide until Herod um, died and they could safely return back. She didn't know that. Um, she didn't know that the world would turn on her son and mock him and crucify him. Uh, she didn't see everything that, that would unfold in her life. She didn't have all the answers. All she had was a promise that the power of the Most High would protect her. And this is more than just a prescription for Mary. These are promises for us today. We can have God's presence in our lives. We can know God's power in our lives. We simply need to believe God's promises for our lives. Okay, we're still in verse 35. This is the third part. This is, uh, this is 35 part C, where Gabriel says, So the baby born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. The third thing that Gabriel shares with Mary to help her go from fear to faith is, is kind of obvious. It's a baby that's going to be born. And Gabriel is saying, not only will you have the presence of God's spirit in you and the power of God all around you, um, God is going to give you undeniable evidence. That's what I want you to think about this morning. God is going to give you undeniable evidence 
that will help you with your doubt. I've had times in my life where God has given me undeniable evidence of his existence. Um, the birth of our children would be, would be one of those times. I, there, aren't, there aren't many um, atheists in hospital nurseries when you're holding eight pounds of fresh human in your hand and, and you just stand there your, your, your mind, the whole bag is popped. You're just, you, you just, wow. The, you just marvel. You just think, ah, there has to be a God. Like there's, there's no way that this crawled out of a slime pit 600 million years ago. Like it's just, wow. It's, it's amazing. Um, I've had times of answered prayer that I knew was not a coincidence. It was a move of God. I've had times when I've been so completely blown away by the diversity and complexity of this world that I just, I just stood in awe of God. Um, the complexity and design of, of the human brain. Okay, most human brains. The mind you are using right now to discern whether or not you believe in God is actual proof that there is a God. You couldn't do it without him. The human eye is a marvel, the vastness of the galaxies. If there was no love, no emotion, no search for something higher than ourselves, no worship, no justice, no compassion, we would just be meaningless creatures of chance in a world where nothing matters. Okay, uh, verse 36. This is the last one. If you're keeping track, this is four out of four of God's responses uh, to Mary to help resolve her, her four reactions. What's more, Gabriel says, here's one more. Here's the fourth one. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son uh, who turned out to be John the Baptist, by the way. And she's now in her, her sixth month. It's, it's almost as if Gabriel can see Mary coming closer to the idea of what God is doing in her, the idea of Jesus. It's almost as if um, God gives Gabriel the green light and says, tell her about Elizabeth. That'll do it. That, that'll push her over the edge. Tell her what we're doing in her cousin Elizabeth. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Tell her about Elizabeth. Like, just give her that one more thing. And Luke already told us in verse 7 that Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah the priest they were very old. They were old, old. They were older than the internet. They were older than color TV. They were older than push button phones. They were older than, you get the idea. How far back do I need to go? They weren't ordering off the kids menu. Zechariah and Elizabeth. And God sees this young Jewish teenager, teenage girl in her very real emotions of confusion, disturbed, fear, and doubt. And to help her make that leap of faith and to trust God with her life, he gives her the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of his power, a reminder of undeniable physical evidence. And then he, lastly, he tells her what he, uh, what he is doing in someone else's life. And those are the things that, that help Mary uh, accept what God is doing. And God sees you this morning. Maybe he's asking you to trust him. Maybe you're, think, maybe, maybe you're wondering, you know, is this really possible? That's what Mary was thinking. And verse 37 of the scripture that we read simply says this. For nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. You accepting Jesus into your life this morning. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. 
Nothing is impossible with God. You overcoming your fears and your doubts and your questions, it's not, it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible. For some of you this morning, it's, it's not that first time commitment. For some of you this morning, it's, it's a recommitment to Jesus. Coming back to him and, and, uh, and, and rededicating your life. Nothing is impossible with God. Maybe accepting your mission. And, and that thing that God is calling you to do, and you've been, you've been wrestling with that, nothing is impossible with God. Believing that anything is possible is not impossible with God. Believing that God can save your marriage. Taking your partner's hand right now is not impossible. That's not impossible with God. Believing for healing for you or for a loved one is not impossible. Trusting God with your finances or for a much-needed job is not impossible. And maybe 30 minutes ago, you were, I, it doesn't matter which side of the stage, not going to this side of the stage to make everyone on this side of the stage feel like they're spiritually lost. But just for illustration, maybe 30 minutes ago, you were way over here. And, and, and God has been speaking to you and helping you as you wrestle and struggle with this. And, 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 and it's possible. And now you're over here and you're like, you know what? I think I believe. I think I believe. I'm going to pray for us and with us. And then I'm going to um, give you an opportunity this morning to uh, make a public statement of faith. To, to not only declare in your own heart that, that, that you believe, uh, but to do something pretty bold with that. And to stand to your feet and say, today is the day that I crossed over. That the wrestling and the struggling and all of that, today's the day that I actually believe and accept Jesus Christ and say, would you come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, and I will, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Just like Lisa said a few minutes ago in the waters of baptism. So let's pray together, and then I'm going to give you that, that invitation. Lord, Lord, we know that, that you are here. And that this moment right now, for some, has been, has been uh, set up in eternity. Today is the day when, uh, for, for these folks, uh, the ones, Lord, that you're calling, you're speaking to, uh, you've been uh, helping them with their fear and their questions and their doubt, today is the day uh, when they need to make this most important decision and say, like Mary, uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm your servant. Uh, may it be true in my life. So, Lord, um, I just pray that you would, uh, in this moment, help the ones, Lord, that you're speaking to to make this decision. Uh, help them to make it, and we will celebrate it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're here this morning, and uh, today is the day when you need to stand to your feet and say, uh, not really to me or to the church. We're all going to clap and, and applaud and, and celebrate with you because Scripture says that heaven throws a party uh, when, when one lost sheep is found. Um, but if today is your day 
and uh, you're crossing over that line of faith, and today's the day that you're accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, I'm inviting you right now, in this moment, with everybody looking around, uh, I'm inviting you to stand to your feet uh, as a statement of faith, and we will cheer for you and applaud you. Uh, Heaven will go nuts, and uh, we just want to celebrate with you. So I'll stop talking and see if there's anyone here this morning who wants to stand and accept Christ as their Savior. Go ahead, don't be shy. We're just the big family. Over here. That's great. And a hug. Okay. Is there anyone else? Someone else? Stand to their feet. Okay. Oh, God bless you. Oh, good for you. Congratulations. How exciting. Seems like when I sound like I'm going to close and move on, you know, Someone else will stand. Okay, I don't want to do anything that ruins this, and I certainly don't want to sound like we're dragging it on too long or anything like that. Just want to give you a good opportunity. Everybody okay? Let's pray for those who uh, who stood, because I just want to make sure that they're, we're clear on what they're doing. So those, you two ladies who stood... Uh, let me just lead you in a prayer, okay? As you simply say, Jesus, today I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came to this earth to die for my sin. And I thank you this morning, Jesus, that I had this opportunity to accept you into my life. And I'm saying right now in this moment that this is not just a, a decision in a moment, but this is the way I will live my life, the rest of my life, that I will serve you, that you will be Lord of my life. I believe you came to this earth born of a virgin, that you lived, you died on a cross for my sin, and you rose again, and that someday I will see you in in eternity. So thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life and, and rescuing me, making me a brand new creation today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before we, before we sing. I just, feel, I just feel led to ask one more time if there's anyone who wants to stand to accept Christ. Um, I, I hardly ever do that, but see, there it is. Yeah, that's, 